0: going on my quarantine buddies because i know we are all in the house at this point welcome back to another episode of black fashion history the podcast that teaches you everything you need to know about black people all around the world and their contributions to the fashion industry and of course i'm your host taniqua russ Thank you for tuning in. I know that you could be doing a million other things like watching Netflix for the 1500th time, watching Hulu, um, listening to music, coloring in a coloring book, working from home, not working, reading, gardening, working out. There's so many other things that you could be doing, but instead you chose to listen to the podcast. So I really appreciate that, guys, and thank you. And I promise you, episode is not going to waste your time. But before we get into all that, I want to know how are y'all doing? I know you can't technically talk back to me, but I do know that this is a difficult time whether you're at home and working, at home and haven't been able to work um, because of COVID-19 or you're out working because you're considered an essential worker. Um, you're with family, you may be sick, you know, whatever the case may be. I know this is not an easy time. So I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you all are finding little ways to de-stress, to, um, take care of yourself, To find positivity and happiness, to surround yourself with things that are uplifting during this time. I hope you all are taking care of yourself mentally and physically and emotionally, and also finding some ways to connect with your friends and family because that's so important at this time, especially when you know we can't see each other. So my prayers that you all are doing well. As for me, I am enjoying this time that I get to work from home, it frees me up to do lots of other things that I've always wanted to do. Like I started gardening, I'm attempting to work out more, I'm catching up on those books that I have that I've wanted to read but haven't been able to. So I'm enjoying that piece of it but I'm also missing the connection with loved ones and of course the freedom to leave my house. Now that we've done our welfare check, Uh, Let's get into the episode. Part of black fashion history isn't just the past, but it's the history makers of today. So in this episode, I'll be chatting with one of those history makers. I had a chance to speak with Lenise Kalia Griffin, who is a designer, the host of the Black and Fashion podcast and a teacher and consultant. And we talked about her journey through the fashion industry, all the things that she's doing now to help diversify and increase representation in the industry, how she's helping Black designers grow their businesses, and so much more. So stay tuned to hear all about Lanice and all the work that she's doing. And there is no doubt that she is a history maker. So you want to start a podcast, right? I know it can seem really daunting and complicated to have to think through how to record it or how to edit it and even how to upload it. But don't worry about any of that. I'm about to give you the only tool you need to create an A1 top of the line podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even start making money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Now, all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, that's ancho FM to get started today. Now, let's get back into our content.
1: I am Lenny Collier, um, Lenny Collier Griffin, actually, but I go by name Collier. Um, I am a designer, I am a teacher, I am a product development and production Manager. I am a fake chef. <laughs> I, I am a, a, a self-love advocate. No, you weren't. <laughs> um, yeah. I like to inspire and to teach. Um, I love to dance. I love to have a good time. I'm definitely one of those people that's the life of the party for sure. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's pretty much me. I, I, you know, I'm definitely someone who is extremely self-motivated and I wear a lot of hats and I enjoy, you know, doing a lot of things at once. I enjoy helping people a lot. So I'm really the, the friend you go to, um, for anything. I'm very resourceful. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm also the one you go to and you need a good laugh as well. <laughs> Well, that's I think that's the perfect combination. When you need support, you need help, and then also when you need to just chill, you're the go-to person. Yeah, I'm your go-to. I'm your girl. So, how did you first become interested in fashion? Um, I would have to say, good old grandma. That's what I call my grandmother. Um, she taught me how to sew when I was like eight or nine-ish. Um, I learned how to sew, and I started to create little things with her. We, crocheted together and we sewed together and of course we like amended and fixed things for like other people like in the family and stuff. Um I started drawing I would say probably in about fourth or fifth grade and they were terrible. Oh good sensors. They were awful. I was <laughs> like they were awful but I could so and put things together in my head way better than I could actually draw. Um, so I would just, I took sewing out, uh, by storm at first and I want to say in like seventh and eighth grade, I got really into like making pillows, it's a lot of pillow business. Um, I made a killing like around like Mother's Day and Father's Day, I made custom oh, nice. <laughs> Um, Like, I made custom pillows, and uh, I just was so – my thing, my go-to probably was skirts because they were just so easy. So I make pillows, but the only other thing I really was good at was, like, making skirts and maybe, like, a top here and there. Um, I went on to go to college – I was not college, high school. In high school, I learned how to draw a little bit better. Um, I had a teacher that kind of introduced me to croquis, and croquis are just like these bases used to draw clothes, so they got my drawing style to become a little bit better, and I was able to pull some of those things that was in my head and, like, put them on paper, and then, I mean, when college rolled around, I'm like, well, I want to go to school for fashion design so that I could really, really learn how to do this stuff, and that's what I did. I went to school for design, and that's where I really was able to combine all the things that my grandmother taught me, you know, some of the things that, like, um some teachers taught me in high school and everything I learned in college and, you know, really get into, like, the core of design. So I learned how to sketch better. I learned how to – I don't say better. I would say that I just got – I was able to combine all those skills. Definitely learned how to draw better, but sewing – I wouldn't say that I became a better sewer, but I was able to combine all of those, like, self-taught home techniques with those industry standards. And just create mm-hmm. a little, a little beast. And then just like the technical side of design, I really, really learned in college, just, um, pattern making being like the, the, the thing that, you know, is that's that you need to create color with. So the ability to be able to combine like anatomy and geometry and be able to create a garment so that that way, when someone sends you a picture or you look at something, you know how to create it. Um, and that's kind of what I kind of, Build my business off of is like really understanding anatomy and geometry and being able to create things um, and take things from two D to three D. After you graduate college, now you have all of these design skills. Do you go straight into um, designing your own line and working for yourself, or did you look for like a traditional job in fashion? So I was making stuff for other people in college, so I didn't even wait until I graduated. <laughs> When I was in college, I was making people stuff. Um, I was a part of an uh, organization that I actually started at my university called um, FEMO Fashion Elite Model Organization, and that's actually when I created um, my first collection and I showcased my first line. Along with a couple other designers that I went to school with. So, fresh out of college, I had already had one line underneath my belt and had started a pretty much like a custom business. So, mm-hmm. um, very special occasion driven. So, I was making stuff for people for like birthdays and um, baby showers. And um, I started to first, that's when I first started to tap into the prom segment. Um, I had been in the retail fashion world for a very long time. I got my first manager position also when I was still in college. Um, my first job all the way in you know, my first job was in retail um so I've only ever worked around clothes. So I got promoted to a fashion lead, um leader or something like that at Banana Republic. So my job was to train the rest of the team how to, how to pin for alterations, how to style the garments accordingly, and I had been doing that while I was in college. So this, that, and made clothes post-graduation. um graduation. So I was a manager at a retail store. Um And then when I wasn't there, I was making clothes for other people. I also worked at a embroidery and silk screening shop like, try to enhance my skills when it came to apparel. So I've always done both, to be honest. I've always had a job, and then I've always, like, had my own business, like, on the side. Okay, so you're really busy. Yeah, always. (laughs) I feel comfortable when I – feel weird when I'm not busy, like, when I don't have a lot (laughs) going on. It feels weird because that's the only thing I've ever done. Like, I've always done multiple things. And even in college, like, I worked at Banana Republic, and I worked at Wetfield. I worked at Aldo. And I had my own line of making stuff and I uh, worked on campus. I worked the offer degree evaluation. So I'm, I was always working, um, uh, and all in their work I would do. I'd be hand-selling for my clients and it was time to get off. I would be headed to Banana Republic to do my shift. <laughs> so was there ever a point where you switched to designing for your clients full-time and, you know, forgot about all that? all those other jobs? So what I did was when I turned 25, I decided I'm originally from Chicago. Um, When I was 25, I decided that I wanted to get more business, like get more business under my belt. So I decided to move to New York to get my master's in fashion management and merchandiser. So when I got here, my whole plan was like to get out of the retail world, even though that was the old thing that was on my resume, and try to get a job more in like the corporate fashion world and to work on my line. you know, young, ambitious, you know, a lot of big dreams. Of course, that did not happen, you know, upon coming here. I ended up back in retail because um, that was the only thing that I qualified for, I guess, at the time. And that was only on my resume. So it was really hard to tap into that corporate fashion world. So I just worked in retail, um, and I did my – um just trying to build my clientele here in New York. Um, Wasn't that great at first. I still had, like, a whole lot of clients in Chicago that I was designing and creating stuff for. Um, met a guy while I was getting my master's. He was like, you know what? You really should just focus on your design and not worry about working. And that's when I quit my job, and I solely focused on just building my line and creating my clothes. And that went really well. And so he started getting on my (laughs) nerves. And once he started getting on my nerves, of course, I wasn't paying any you know, that many bills and stuff because I was too busy focused on my line. I did pretty good. I did really good. I had introduced a bag line. I did a prom. I was doing wedding. Like I was doing really, really good. But um it had its up and down with seasons when it comes to custom clothing. So in those small, like those down things, I wasn't making a lot of money. So I'm like, you know what, you got to get a job because you don't want to have to solely depend on anyone else. And, of course, he would throw it in my face from time to time. Like well, you don't do this and you do that. I'm like, well, you asked me to move here. I was fine. Like, <laughs> I was in my apartment making it work. You know, i I was there in New York, so I, the the cost of living definitely hit me strong. Um, but I was yeah. figuring it out. I was gonna keep pushing through, like I always do. You offered. You told me to come here rent free. So I was just like, uh, ding, ding, ding. I'm coming to you. You said rent free. You know. <laughs> So that didn't work out, and I got a job, and what happened was I didn't get one. It took me a while, so I was like, you know what? I can't stay in New York. I thought it was going to be something different, and it's not, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go to Atlanta, and I'm going to go to SCAD, well, Savannah, Georgia, and I'm going to get another master, <laughs> and I'm just going to start <laughs> over there. <laughs> And I applied and everything, and I got accepted, and I was talking to my mentor, um, one of the people I learned a lot from in high school. And she was like, why don't you reach out to my cousin? He lives in New York, and he has, like, a fashion – he has, like, his own fashion company. And I was like, i am just over it. I'm ready I said, no, just, just check him out. So I, I reached out to him. I ended up going to meet up with him. He did. He had his own showroom, and he made outerwear, and he made handbags. He sold to, like, stores like uh Walsh and and so, like, a lot of stuff was made overseas, but he had his own little showroom in New York, and there was a black guy doing things. I was super-duper inspired. He gave me a job, and the job he gave me was pretty much everything because it was just him at first. So I got a chance to design bags. I got a chance to design outerwear. I got a chance to do product development and tech packs. I got a chance to do sales, and I literally – it was just like me and him running the company – so I got a chance to really understand what it feels like to have to wear all the hats. And once I right. got under my belt, um, you know, he, of course, he was doing a lot of stuff. By himself. He couldn't exactly afford to just continue to pay me for everything. He's like, I just wanted to get your foot in the door because in this industry, it really is who you know. You know, he was just like, it's yeah. hard to get your foot through the door. I am just trying to help you get your foot through the door. And you could go way, way more than what I'm able to pay you. And he was absolutely right. So after that, I moved to another company, and I was working in production and product development. And from there, I pretty, it's, it pretty much skyrocketed. I never stayed anywhere more than, at the most, about a year. So I ended up working for a hosiery company where I did socks and stuff like that. Then I worked for a dress company, and then I worked for Calvin Klein, and then I worked for Carl Lagerfeld, and I worked for Carolina Zabarlak, and it just goes on and on. I just kept hopping from place to place because I wanted – I don't. Know, I guess I'm a fast learner. So like, I started off <laughs> as a production assistant, and I don't want to be an assistant too much longer. So I moved to another place, and they made me a production coordinator. Then I moved to another place, and they made me a production manager. And like, I need to be in product management because the amount of living, the, the cost of living to live in New York, I can't be making forty five, fifty thousand dollars a year. I need to be making a nice little pretty penny to survive here. Um, right. And pretty much um, when I moved, i I was doing the custom stuff still. But now at this point, it's, it's gotten too much for me because production and product development, sometimes the hours are a lot longer. So I found myself being, you know, overwhelmed with just like, oh, you're still trying to do prom, you're trying to do wedding, you're trying to do your job. So it didn't really get very, very hard for me until I got into production. But I also started to feel like um, I wasn't designing anymore. I was playing the seamstress role. Like people are right. showing me business are things that, like, celebrities had on and I was just recreating it yeah that typically is what custom starts to turn into is just people Mm -hmm. seeing stuff on celebrities or on the internet and they're like I want this but not for that same price pretty much and it has to be even more than that because they make you know sometimes they're getting it from high-end designers and they're getting it custom made. so I got over it so quick and I was just over it. I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to make custom garments. And then you're constantly going back and forth with people about the way something looks like. You know, in and all honesty, you show me a picture. I'm guessing. I'm guessing right. that this is the material that they use. And then also, you don't have the same body frame as this person. Like, and it was so much like, more than a, it was more of a headache than it was fun for me. And I never wanted anyone to make me hate design, so I just stopped. And I just continued to work. I was just like, I don't want to do this. And as soon as I stopped, like, really designing like that, that's when, like, the consultant thing came about. Like, I don't want to lose my skills now, but I don't want to do this. So you have a really great mix of experience, you know, designing, yeah. production and product development. And then, you know, you had the opportunity to work with your mentor's brother, I think is what you said. Her cousin. Which yeah. her cousin, okay. And that was which was al- bag. which also gave you, you know, the opportunity to work in different areas and wear many hats like you said. And so now mm-hmm. you have this expertise in the bag and then you you know, it kinda led you to consulting. You know, why did you decide that, you know, to take that route? So I've always liked to help people and I found that um as a designer I always have very great technical skills. Um, as far as, like, creating things. So people were always reaching out to me, asking me to help them with different things. Could you help me make a pattern? Could you help me with this? Oh, people always asking me for advice because, you know, I'm I'm pretty good at sharing information. So I just found that I was always being reached out to constantly about different things. And um, I kind of thought about, well, what if I help people, like, put their lines together? Like, I don't have to design for them. I can just help them on the technical side of everything so I can do that mm-hmm. um, so it just literally it came out of thin air child like it was just like oh well maybe you should consult you know because and then another thing in me like I never wanted to get rusty like I still wanted to sew I still wanted to try to make but um, with consulting I'm like okay well we're building a clothing line you know it's not so much a rush like how it is with like customer like, I gotta have it done by this date and it gotta be done it's more so like a process that we're developing you know Your brand, so my it's slower. I don't necessarily have to sew everything either. I can start off with helping them with the patterns and the merchandise management, and I can really teach them. So then the consultant led to one of my good friends that was a um, a client. Like I was always doing patterns and stuff for her. She was like, you need to teach. Like, you need to teach, like, add teaching to the consulting thing and really, like, push people to learn their craft themselves. A lot of us who have been out of school for a little while, we don't have the same things that we did because we lost it. You never lost it. You never stopped. You went from designing, and then you started consulting, and maybe you should throw that in there. And I was like, oh, great idea. Made me a little flyer, and I put it out there. (laughs) No, I think that is definitely something that's needed in the industry because you find a lot of people who – want to have their own line, but they have no idea where to start. Or people who are switching industries, so they may have always dreamed about going into fashion or creating something, but, you know, maybe they decided instead of following their fashion dream, you know, they're going to become an engineer, and then now they're in the place where they're ready to take the leap but they don't have the skills yet and they need somebody to teach them. And they really just need help making their dreams happen. So I think it's that's something that's definitely needed. Uh And that's kind of what led me to you searching like on Instagram and stuff. It's just not only your consulting and your teaching, but the fact that you really do promote and push like entrepreneurship, buying black, supporting black owned businesses, all that stuff. And I think – With a mix of your skills and then your passion for your community, you definitely are one of those people that can help or that do help um, black designers and kind of give them a leg up in the industry. I've just found that when I did work in the industry, I was the only black girl in most of my positions. And I always kind of wonder why I was. And I'm just like, it's because they don't have the expertise or like the skills because these schools is not teaching enough. A lot of stuff I I learned from working under Mark with a combination of some things I learned at school, but even in my master's program, to be honest, my master's program was trash. I was teaching those classes. So, like, I was the one in the class answering all the questions. I was the one helping everyone with their assignments. So, I always just had, like, a leg up and I knew what I was doing. And I think that's because I just had a, I had a really good undergrad program. And then just from working in the industry, I learned a lot. And I was just like, it needs to be more black designers. <laughs> like, we gotta, we gotta do something about this. I hate being the only black girl in, in the room, you know? And then I never want to see somebody else struggle because I just feel like it's enough money out here for everyone, you know? No, right. And I think another thing is that, like you mentioned earlier, in fashion and in a lot of industries, honestly, it's really about who you know. And a lot of us don't know people. You know, we don't have the luxury of being able to go to, like, places where we can rub elbows with certain people that can let us in the door, essentially. So it's great to have more of us in the industry so that we can help each other out. Where did you go for your undergrad? I went to Columbia College, Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's an is art-driven it- group. Um, literally, the whole thing is all, like, art. So, like, they literally had a program for, like, poetry. <laughs> they have a program for, of course, like, dance and singing and engineering, or music producer, it's literally any art that you can think of. This school has a four-year curriculum wrapped around it, and they also have an, a program called interdisciplinary, where if you wanted to create your own major, you could do that and combine either from two to three different things together and create groups. I like major. that. Yeah, it's a really dope school. <laughs> I already graduated, but I might go back just for that. <laughs> Like, I just have a, like, you just have to have a clear-cut, like, oh, this is what I want to do. Because there was a time where I wanted to combine fashion and dance because I love to dance. I danced all through college. I danced, um, well, before I got there, I danced. I went to NIU first. Uh, I did a year at NIU um, and, did, and studied fashion merchandising and management, and I didn't like it, and I came back, and I went to Columbia. But I danced all my life from from third, from third three years old and stairway at the stars all the way up to college. and. My dream was to own a choreography company that we created the um, costumes and stuff like that for music artists' performances and videos, stuff like that. But we also, costumes and choreography, because you got to know how the body moves in order to know what to wear. You know what I mean? Like, you got to wear certain things for you to dance. Oh, that was my thing at first, but... I just kind of fell off the dance um, thing. I don't know. Probably because I got a fat. What happened? I don't know. Like, I still <laughs> love to dance. And it was still, to me, still was a great idea. But um, I just, you know what? Columbia didn't have anything like that. Like, at college, the first college was, like, the, you know, four-year, four, they both were four-year universities. The other one was more, like, they had fraternities and sororities. Uh, they had, like, dorms. Like, it was, like, in the middle of nowhere. Like, they had all that stuff. When I switched to an art school, we don't have, like, sports teams and dance teams and stuff like that. Like, it's strictly Mm. just, like, art. There there was a dance major, but there wasn't, like, a dance team, you know? Like, it was just different. Like, there's no cheerleading. There's no majorettes. So I kind of fell out of it because I wasn't doing it anymore. It's not that. It's my dad, you know, it's it's always in the back of my mind somewhere, and I'm just like, that was a good idea, girl. <laughs> it it's still good. a I good could idea. right? I used to be out here making all type of clothes and costumes and stuff like that for artists and, you know, doing concerts and stuff. But then right now, I'd be in a recession right now with what's going on with coronavirus because I wouldn't be able to do no concerts. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but you can still do videos. Yeah, but they don't want us all together. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also my taste level started to change as a designer and I became, you know, less costumey and more like I wanna see the everyday woman with my designs on. I wanna see the everyday woman walking down the street and she has a closet that I made. Um, I really started to fall in love with outwear and bags from, you know, working with, um, his name was Mark, actually, from working with Mark all that time, and I, and I saw that that was my area of what I loved, because when I worked for time of time, I did the same thing. I worked in outerwear, and I worked in Bay. so I ended up steady getting in jobs, and my ready-to-wear trailina tomorrow, like, it was a lot of outerwear, a lot of bags, so like, that came to me just to be, like, the thing that I loved the most, and when I relaunched my collection, I actually relaunching my collection in um The spring, so you'll see my stuff in April, May. It's been a long okay. time because I haven't it launched it in 2016. So I'm excited about it, and my taste level just changed. So I would love costuming and more just like now. And we walk down the street, and the girl got on a coat or a bag that I that I made. You know? No, I feel you, and that's like right up my alley. When I think about my must-have pieces, it's definitely for sure a coat, like. I feel like I can throw a coat, a nice, a good coat over anything and then just take my look to the next level. Exactly. <laughs> you wanna be my customer. So I feel you on that. So with all that, um, that you were already working on, what made you decide to start the Black and Fashion Podcast? Uh, girl, I I listen to the streets. I keep my streets to the ear. <laughs> so if people tell me they want something, I I pretty much do it. So I was getting that a lot. Like you should have a, I think they said more so a YouTube. You should have a YouTube where you like teach people and tell people these things. That I was just like a YouTube. That means I gotta get in front of the camera and actually look cute. And, like, put tutorials and stuff like that together. I was like, you know what? Um, That stuff like that is so hands-on. I'd rather just teach a class. But when it comes to the information, I'm definitely down with putting the information out there. And I was, you know, away home, scrolling down Instagram. I see a post that said, do you have a podcast idea? Oops, okay, wait a minute. We have studios. And it was, like, advertising for, like, if you wanted to start your own podcast. And the person that oh, wow. Yeah, some, the person that posted it was somebody that I had worked with as a fash at a fashion show um a couple years in a row. He was the host. And he basically was promoting, you know, he has his studio and he has um you know, a contract where you could do like podcasts and you could do it every week if you wanted to. We have we have different packages. So, you know, I went in and talked to him and he was like, Yeah, and I told him what I wanted to do. I was like, I have these ideas but I haven't really like put them together yet. But it's like I wanna have a black podcast I'm not like, I want to have a fashion podcast. So I'm a fashion podcast. I didn't even have a name yet. I want to have a fashion podcast where I can give out as much information as possible, whether it be merchandising and development and design, because I am a vessel full of information. You can utilize me. I could just, you know, talking, and talking, and talking. And, you know, you know, really educate and inspire people, and. You know, I started talking to him about ideas and names, and I don't think that's it, that's it. I don't think that's it either, because we ran through some names, and I was just bad. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I said, I'm like, you know what, maybe I should just start, and it. maybe to will come with me. So we actually scheduled for me to start it. And then the day I came in, I'm like, I know what it's going to be. It's going to be Black, the letter in fashion. And right before I started, that article came out about what it's like to be Black in the fashion industry. And I was reading oh. all different excerpts from, and that was like the science. I was reading out these different excerpts. This was a long article. It was a very long article. But I no, I remember that. And I remember years. when it came out. Exactly. I started right after that. Cause I was just like, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was just like, just being black in fashion and all those different experts and different experiences that people go through, like, it would be nice if I had a platform to talk about some of this stuff, whether it be, like, things that people have went through being the only black person in their fashion workplace or, you know, what their struggles was as an entrepreneur. And, like, I felt like I had a pretty dope story that I wanted to put out there and tell people. And I'm like, I'm going to invite different guests on. So first one, I went in. He's like, like, I can't do it. I'm not ready yet. So I left. (laughs) <laughs> and then, but I had already paid for it so I was, I was like, you thinking too hard, like just go in and talk normal and say what it is say who you are, tell people what you do and what you've done in the past and you know, the whole time I did the introductory episode, I'm like I hope y'all care about what I got to say or you're interested to so what I have to say, Um, I just wanted to do something, that was like educational business. <laughs> I was, I just, like we were tell my first episode, I was real nervous and I was like, but I just hope y'all care about what I have to say. <laughs> and it went from there. And I loved it. And it was a great experience. I'm like, holy shit, I did it. And then after that, I did it every week. I just did it every week. And I kept it consistent every week. And then, you know, next thing you know, right now, I'm at episode like 48. <laughs> so, and I've been doing it for almost two years now. And I'm like, wow, you, you, you did it, girl. And it, and I found that a lot of people would reach out to me. And Tim, like, oh, my God, I love the podcast. Like, even if you're not in the fashion world, like, you can learn a lot from it just from being an entrepreneur, period. A lot of the principles and things that you talk about apply. And, you know, it just kept pushing me to just keep doing it, like, keep it consistent and make sure I make sure I do it every week. (laughs) No, I feel you. I was the same way when I first started out. Um, Not so much nervous, but just the thought of, like, I hope y'all care what I'm talking about. (laughs) Right. I love that you mentioned that article where all those professionals were talking about what it means to be black in fashion, because I do remember when that article came out, and I was kind of in the same space where, you know, I had this area of interest about black fashion history. And then I was just having this thought, like, you know, do people care? Is this even a thing? Like, I know representation is a real issue in the industry, but I'm like, uh, people are already talking about it there's nothing more I can add to the conversation. And then when that article came out, it just made me realize like, no, there is more that you can add to the conversation. This is needed. Go for it. So I love that. It was kind of just a confirmation for both of us. (laughs) Yeah. It was a sign. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I have a bit of a loaded question for you. And if you need a moment to think, you know, that's fine. Take a moment. But... What would you like your impact or your legacy to be in this industry? I think that I think I think I learned a lot from her. I want that to be the line. Like I learned a lot from that woman. She changed my life. I think that's what I want my legacy to be, like that people will look back and be like, Yo, the truth. Like she really taught me, inspired me. She motivated me to keep going. I am a pusher. I'm Like I said, I'm that friend that's going to motivate you to go harder. You know, so I think that's what I want my legacy to be. Like, yo, she pushed me. She pushed me to just keep going, to never give up, to overcome op- obstacles. But I think that's pretty much what my, my legacy is because it doesn't have to be necessarily in fashion, but just like, yo, she pushed me. She inspired me. And that's really, that's that's what I want my legacy to be. That I was able to change the lives of others and let them know that you can overcome anything. And they, they really, in all honesty, dreams really do come true. You just gotta stay consistent. I love that. Well, on that note, where can people find you if they're looking for you? If they want to, like, sign up and be like the first notified when your collection drops. You know, let them know where they can find you. So, A dot com is going to be dropping this spring, and on that website, you'll be able to shop a. routine routine outerwear and handbags. You'll be able to book consultations with LC Apparel Consultant as well as education on uh, the Black Professional Podcast. You can submit to be a guest or a sponsor. So, that is where it's going. But for right now, you can catch everything on social media. Um my personal <laughs> page is Lenise Collier. <laughs> um my consultant page is L C Apparel Consultant. Um my clothing line page is Collier Beteen and of course you got the Black and Fashion Podcast. I got four different Instagram pages, but soon all four of those Instagram pages on it? it's one website where you can find everything you wanna know. <laughs>
0: And that's it, guys. Make sure you support Lenise at all of her handles. Make sure you check out everything that she has going on with her podcast, her consulting business, as well as her line that's going to be dropping really, really soon. And of course, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Black Fashion History Podcast. I'd also like if you could leave us a little review, you know, rate us five stars, just a little sum sum wherever you listen to podcasts. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Share this episode with someone that you know. And of course, tune in next week for another Black Fashion History installment. Bye!